welcome back. On this one, we were able to chat with Brian Johnson from St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. He was born and raised, works with the DCNR in actually Elk County. So that was pretty cool. We had him on. We didn't know that until we got him on the episode. Obviously, around the time of this recording, the Game Fishing just released that the Elk Tags would go on sale back in February and would be on sale until July. The debate or controversial topic that we had with uh, Brian, how it'll affect the uh, the tags or how it'll be affect our odds to get drawn here in Pennsylvania if you're a PA resident and you apply for a license every year. So let us know what you think about that. I would think that there's going to be more people applying because they have a longer period to apply. Is it about the money? What's it about? You know, because it was fine before, obviously. So why the change? Why why the change? Is it because of doe tags? Who knows? But Brian's really awesome. We actually met him at the Great American Outdoor Show after recording this episode. So that was pretty cool. We chatted with him there a little bit. But he talks about his experiences in the outdoors, how he got into it, how he got into hunting, and also how his season went. He had a buck that he had history with that he was able to get down this year. And you hear the whole story about that, his whole scouting that led up to that as well, how he places cameras for that. It was really interesting, and it's a freaking nice buck. Really nice buck. We talk about a previous moose hunt he was on and his Indiana hunt that he went on. But it was really awesome talking to Brian. Once again, make sure you go follow him on Instagram. Remember to keep hunting, keep fishing, keep your tradition, and always enjoy the freaking process. This is the Backcountry PA Podcast. Well, first, before we get into that, you j- we can just jump right in the episode if you want to introduce yourself to the listeners, to us, you know, who you are, how you got into hunting, and uh, where you're from, all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I'm Brian Johnson. Um, I live in St. Mary's, Pennsylvania, uh, born and raised, uh, moved away for a bit. Then after college, uh, got kind of got back, got working for DCNR within the forestry department, state parks, um, and I've been here ever since, but I try to travel about twice a year to hunt, um, but then always come back home to hunt deer and everything else, spring gobbler, the whole deal. But yeah, I grew up, um, it was just always something I remembered as far as hunting goes. My dad hunted, my grandfather hunted. Um, I have very early memories of being a little kid and them throwing me a little slice of meat and cutting up deer <laughs> after, after doe season and trying to pull them out. Just something to keep me busy. So it was just something I always did. I don't even think, I never made a conscious choice that I was going to be a hunter or anything like that. It was just what everybody did around me. And, you know, we still got the first day of um, deer off for school. So just just hunting. Yeah. I mean, that's – I just always knew I was going to be a hunter. And then as you get older, you get bigger dreams as far as traveling out west and stuff like that. And I've been lucky enough to do that quite a bit, actually. That pretty much sounds like how we got into hunting, too. Like, it's it's pretty much if – you, if you live in PA, that's pretty much, I feel like, how you got started. Like – just passed down from generation to generation to generation. You know, you, yeah. once in a while we run across the adult onset or someone like we talked to Natalie Zietz um, this past week and she's been doing it for four years now. And like, she just got into it by herself, had no connection like that. Yeah. That's those people like just the generation stuff is cool. But like to have those new people like straight out of nowhere come yeah. into it is like blows your mind. Cause like, Holy crap. And I think, I think there's like so many resources for new people. So I've encountered people that have just got into it as well. But, you know, when I started, I'm, I'm 40 years old. When I started at, you know, 20, you know, 12, 
I did it through family. Mm -hmm. But if you're a 20 year old, you know, podcast, all the videos and YouTube, you really could get into it without a mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, 20 years ago, I don't think you could do that. Yeah, I've encountered some guys that have just got into it. And they're just constantly consuming podcasts and YouTube videos. And they've actually been pretty successful just doing that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, before we, well, right as we started this podcast, like, I started listening to a bunch of podcasts. Like I was like hardcore, like every second I could listen to one, I would listen to one. Like it was always hunting podcast, hunting podcast, hunting podcast. And yeah. I kind of pulled back now because I felt like I was getting like, everything was being thrown at me and I was just kind of like, it was too much. Information just, yeah. overload. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But that, that's so, did you get, uh, did you do the regular PH edition rifle right off the bat? Yeah rifle i mean when i started it was still the breakup of doe and buck season Mm -hmm. you know and there was tons of deer to be had um (laughs) we i remember having the first day of rifle season off and the first day of doe season off and then you'd get the hunter saturdays as well but yeah that's how i started um my family was always real big into archery Mm -hmm. so we always archery hunted quite a bit and then you just you just kept hunting until you filled tags but back then it wasn't really a thing where you were looking for trophy deer like we're looking for now Mm -hmm. the first buck i ever killed was a little eight point with a 14 inch spread and i mean i was king of the world when i killed that (laughs) yep (laughs) yeah i mean that's how i feel like you know when you first get into it you kind of still have to have that mentality and that's kind of where podcasts and youtube kind of have taken over with you know making you think you have to get a big buck right off the bat or something like that like do what you know if you haven't gotten anything just go out there and shoot what you're happy with you know absolutely absolutely i i have a buddy who he's been probably five years into it now and when we started talking about you know getting into it i said just shoot some dough Mm -hmm. i said you'll learn so much you'll learn like when they're keyed up you know when they're gonna when you have to shoot or when you have plenty of time you'll learn when you hit them what the reaction is you know did they tuck their tail did they mule kick i said you'll learn you have to go through all that before you start big buck hunting i think and if you set your sights we're all on this it's all a different journey for each Mm -hmm. and every one of us i didn't i didn't start out trying to chase big deer i was i shot anything i could for a long time and everybody's journey has to be different and Mm -hmm. everybody's at a different part in that journey so yeah that pressure of shooting big deer if you're starting out don't buy into that just just kill deer Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think I said that last episode we did together. I was like, lower your expectations. <laughs> yeah. Have them, have them low. <laughs> hey, gang. This is Backcountry PA Podcast camp member Tom Fleischer here with your Minute with a Camp Member. This has been one of the best trade show seasons in recent history with the release of all kinds of new sticks, saddles, climbing stands, hang-on stands, and all types of other gear. If you're choosing to implement a new climbing method or stand this upcoming season, spring and summer is the time you wanna practice with that new gear and become as proficient as possible before heading into the woods this fall. Take the time to learn the gear and become proficient with it. And trust me, it will save you lots of headaches come fall. Good luck and tune in next week for another tip. Yeah, if you've never killed a deer and you're passing deer, mm-hmm. don't do it. I mean, yeah, shoot, no. shoot, <laughs> no. shoot the first legal buck that comes by because you're going to learn. You're going to, if it's with a bow, you're going to learn the blood trail. Even if it's doe, mm-hmm. you will learn so, so much. So, okay. It, okay, so say someone's shot a lot of deer 
with a rifle. All right. Then they'd get into archery hunting and they mm-hmm. pass some deer up. Would you, would you tell them to shoot that deer if you haven't shot anything in archery season with your bow yet? Um, I would say whatever makes you happy. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's personal. I mean, I don't, um, if you've never killed a deer with your bow and you're going to, and you're just, you want to kill a buck, that's your goal at the beginning of the year with a bow, then shoot that buck. I mean, Uh shoot that buck. And, but if you want to wait and you're seeing other people killing bigger deer and you want to wait, yeah, then you can pass it up, but it's all personal. Whatever makes you happy. Yeah. Yeah. I was just more like for advice for, I guess, new hunters who are trying to get into archery, like that have some decent buck under their belt with rifle. And then maybe they're like, Oh, I want to get into archery now. And like, maybe because they see people getting bigger buck in archery compared to rifle, mm-hmm. they're going to feel maybe I should hold out for a bigger buck when really, you know, with a bow, maybe you should just shoot the first one that comes by. Yeah. Having yeah, that. absolutely. I mean, I, I, I agree with you there. Like I have another buddy, he was helping, um, he's actually friends with Bo Nickel. You guys mm-hmm. are familiar with him, mm-hmm. college wrestler. Yeah. So he was helping him and he was just starting out and he wanted to kill with his bow and I was, and like he was going through all the troubles of how to draw, when to draw mm-hmm. on those deer. I mean, that's a that's an art in itself. So you could have killed many deer with a rifle, but a bow is a whole different thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was listening to a, I was listening to a podcast today actually when I was on the road, and they said one thing that I didn't never even thought of before, like the the neck down and the neck up when you're shooting at a a deer with uh, with mm-hmm. a bow. Like, yeah, you would think with the neck up. They'd be more likely to duck the arrow, but really, when their neck is down, they're more likely to duck the arrow. So, I mean, okay. I I never even knew that. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess yeah. uh, grow, growing deer TV put a YouTube video out about that, and that's yeah. where he got that from. And I was like, holy crap! Damn. Yeah, yeah. I've never I've never even heard that. So no. I just learned something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did. I'll tell you what. Two was it? Two years ago, I hit a really nice buck with a bow high, and you know, I I really try not to stop them with a bow if I can. I let mm-hmm. them try to stop on their own. Okay. I try not to bleed. And this one had went through two two shooting lanes. And when he hit the third, I did the old bah. And he stopped. He never looked in my direction. I thought, oh, it's good. And I hit him high. And oh, that yeah. deer lived. I ended up getting trail camera pictures of him later. But I even called in a tracking dog. I thought I nailed him. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I don't know. Sometimes you got to stop them, but boy, I really try to not stop them if I can. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've always been under the impression that I feel like I have to stop them just because like, I want to get that for me personally, being a newer bow hunter, like I want to get that the best shot I can with them stopping. Like, and hopefully their, their leg is forward with their shoulder forward and I can get in there too. Like have a perfect shot set up. Like that's, but that's just me, you know? Yeah. I don't think yeah, like I've I ever said, done that. I don't think I've ever stopped a deer. I think every deer that I've shot has either was already standing there mm-hmm. and I took the shot or it, it's, you know, it stopped on its own. And I'll say, like, never had to never worry about it. once screamed at deer to stop? No. No. I can't say I have. Never actually was like, meh. <laughs> trying to get the thing to stop i've never had that they're like they just kind of stop on their own and they're grazing and they kind of lift their head and it's like all right well i'm gonna take the shot now huh. i never yeah i never had to do that yet 
Now, now I got to add it to the bucket I, list. I got to yell at a deer. <laughs> I did that once up at uh, up Mike's PA Plotters up at his property with that doe that I shot right underneath. Sorry for the interruption, guys and gals. Partners. So, Argrounds Coffee Company, you know him, you love him. Ed, he's in the process of putting his own roaster in his basement right now, which is awesome to be self-sufficient. He can do everything himself then, but he still has merch. His coffee's on back order, I believe, right now for a little bit. But go to his website, use BCPA. That'll get you 15% off your entire order. Forget Genetics. Forget Genetics is a local company to us here in Mannheim. It's out of Lebanon, Pennsylvania. Barry is grinding also. He is putting a lot of work in. He's in a lot of new stores. Go to his website. Use code BACKCOUNTRYPA, B-A-C-K-C-T-R-Y-P-A. That'll get you 20% off your entire order. It'll also be in the uh, description of the podcast if you forget what it is. Tidewee is a mixture of everything. They have heat, a lot of heated stuff. They have a rain suit. They're really nice. Um, it's not your typical rain suit where it's all noisy and stuff when you walk through the woods or make any kind of noise or you can hear yourself when the rain hits it. It is almost something you can wear even when it's not raining out. In the early season, you could wear it and you probably won't sweat as much, but you'll stay that just the right temperature to be out all day. Uh, go to Tidewee, check out their blinds, check out their snake-proof boots. They actually are bite-proof, which I'm going to be getting myself a pair of those. Uh, they have a really cool backpack. They have a frame pack too. Go check them out. Use code BCP18, and then I get you 18% off your entire order every single time. New partner, and we are pumped and honored to be working with these guys, XOP. If you're in the mobile game, if you're into tree stands, you know what XOP is already. XOP has been around for quite a while. They're making affordable stands, sticks, harnesses. Uh, they're, they have new gear coming out that's going to blow your mind. You've seen some of it on Instagram probably, if you probably follow them. Uh, but their stand, their one stand is going to be six pounds and their other stand is going to be seven and a half pounds. Both very affordable, under $500 before taxes and shipping, all that kind of stuff. But they also double as a frame pack as well. The seat sits level so you can pack out your deer, you can put your backpack on the back of it, you can put your sticks on it. It's perfect for the mobile setup. These stands are mobile. They also have other stands, their older stands. The one stand they have is 10 and a half pounds. The other stand is like 12.3. And then you add sticks into there. Like they're mobile, but yet not as mobile. But anyway, go check them out if you haven't already. Use code BACKCOUNTRYPA15 and save some money. Back to the episode. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. I tried to stop a deer. It was over at Mike's. That mm. buck that, that I saw that went through. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. He he wanted no part of me anyway. I was like, meh, meh. <laughs> and he just whoop, kept on going, not a care. And I was like, well, I'm not attractive enough. Or That sounded terrible. He was like, I don't know what that I is. I don't know what that was, but I'm going to keep moving here. Keep her moving. Yeah. Andrew, have you stopped a deer? Uh, yeah, pretty much every time I oh, try really? to get my deer to stop. But like previously, I had been on a deer drive because we normally do one or two of those in rifle. And uh, I was like way downrange from the push, and I was like screaming at this doe to t- try and get it to stop because I didn't see anyone for a little bit, and she just wouldn't stop. It was a little too shady of a shot to yeah. take, but I passed on her. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, sometimes I guess... they just don't want to stop. Yeah. Sometimes they're just too freaked out, or they're just not paying attention. Yeah, or they're just stupid in the rut. Yeah. Very, that's very true. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone has like, because, you know, everyone has their own way of stopping or letting them walk. They all have their own reason behind everything. Like, I mean, there's no guaranteed method for anything in hunting, you know? Yeah. I think that's the beauty of it, though. I'm just going to yell at him next time. I'm like, oi, dickhead. 
<laughs> see, see, since my merps don't work, I would just start calling them names. You gotta, you gotta practice your merps. I have just to like practice you, my just merps. Just like you practice your introduction, which we never even introduced introduced ourselves to Brian here. That is true. You don't even know so who I am. St- <laughs> I'm, I'm Cody. I'm Ethan. That was better. I'm getting pretty good at this. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that was better. That was better. I practiced those. So the debate topic, and I, it's perfect because you work in Elk County. You work with the elk, and it's 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 perfect. So today I just saw that the Game Commission approved to have uh, – you can now apply for your elk tag in February. February 1st. February 1st is when you can apply for it. So, and usually it was when your tag, you could buy your tag. It was like, what, June? June was when you could buy your tag. Your hunting license. Yeah, yeah your hunting license. Yeah. Yeah, so like they moved it from June now to February. What, I feel like we should, Ethan, what is your opinion on it? Do you think it's good, bad? What do you think? Then we'll we'll, we'll go to Brian last. Well, they're still having the drawing, what, yep. in July? I think it's still July. There was no yeah. That's July. Nothing else changed about that. I don't, I don't yeah, know. actually, that's what changed. Oh, that's what it was. Okay, it was the drawing always took place like the third week in August, mm-hmm. and they moved it to the last weekend in July now. So I think that's why they had to open the application period earlier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, All yeah. Right. They wanted to give because I read the post and I remember on Facebook today they wanted to give the archery hunters more time to prepare. Because their season yeah. starts September. Mm-hmm. It's like the mm-hmm. second week in September. So, yeah, I'm friends with quite a few of the outfitters. And that was the complaint they had, that those guys are drawing tags the third weekend in August. Mm-hmm. And literally in three weeks, they're they're hunting. That's okay. So yep. those archery tags. So I think they wanted to give the archery t- hunters more time to pick an outfitter and then scout. So Okay. All right. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. All right. I don't know. I'm all for it. You're for it? I okay. think it's fine. I don't okay. see any, I don't see any it doesn't matter when like I'm actually going to apply this year. Okay. Like, this will be my first year actually applying for elk tags. And I was like, you know what? It's not expensive to apply. Mm-hmm. I, I'm granted it's gonna take me fifteen years or thirty years to get drawn, but like <laughs> why not do it? Like it's not gonna hurt. Right. I don't care. You're gonna take my money, doesn't matter if it's in February, March, April, May, June, like you're gonna get my money anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I I have no issue with it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Andrew? Yeah. I mean, I also plan to apply or put in for an entry this year uh, for the first time because I'll actually be able to plan around work and stuff mm-hmm. instead of school. Yep. Uh, so probably money wasted, but <laughs> if I do get a chance, uh, I actually have a cabin up in Potter County as well. So I'd probably do a... DIY if I got so lucky, but again, what, 30, 40 years down the line, maybe I'll get drunk. <laughs> yep. we'll yeah. So yeah. I guess I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm okay with it, but I'm just, I'm very interested to see what happens because there are a lot of out of state people who apply for the PA elk tags because it's a coveted mm-hmm. tag and we have <laughs> some pretty damn good bull up here in PA. And World class, yeah. Yeah, like they're, they're massive. Um, <laughs> and I think that's the draw from out-of-state people, which, you know, it kind of sucks for us PA residents because we have so many more people to go through to be able to get drawn. I think now extending it more February to July 
I don't know if there's a cutoff date for when you have to get the elk tag, like apply for the elk tag, or if it goes like up to June or or what. Um, I don't know if you know the answer to that one, Brian, or I don't. I didn't read the post yet. I just knew they were bumping everything up. Okay. So I don't know when the cutoff is. Okay. Yeah, because that, that that would, you know, I th- I think by moving it to February now, there's going to be a lot more people applying for because you don't have that such short window to apply from June to August of when they draw. So like, yeah. I think that could be, it's going to bring a lot more money, I think for the, for game commission and for, to go back to the wildlife and the um, public land, all that kind of good stuff. But I think for us PA hunters, it'll make that 30, 40 years turn into 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm just, I, that's, I'm just be kind of playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you look at like a lot of the Western states, they cap how many non-resident tags they give. Okay. Um, even like states like Kentucky um, are capping how many non-resident tags they give. And the last that I had talked to people from the Game Commission, they had said uh, that basically we weren't, I don't even think we were over 10% in non-residents, which usually is like the cap. Yeah. So I think if you started having this mass amount where you know, 30% of the people drawing the tags were non-residents. I think you would see the game commission move to cap non-resident tag quota and maybe put a quota on it and then keep some for the residents. Okay. That would be, that'd be beneficial then. Yeah. Yeah. So if you look now, if you look now, I don't think it's above 10% of the people that are actually drawn non-residents. Okay. All right. Yeah. Cause I never really looked at, I, I feel like we tried to look those numbers up before and we couldn't really find them. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember. I just know we looked up like how many people apply every the, year for the elk tags. Yeah, for the elk tags, and it's like what was it, ninety thousand? It's it's up there. Something yeah. like some ridiculous number like that. Yeah. yeah. For a hundred and seventy. Five hundred seventy-eight, hundred seventy-eight tags. Yeah. You got ninety. You got to fight ninety thousand plus people. Which I don't know. I'm gonna have to pull that post up because I want to see if it said anything about the increase in tags or not. Because I don't know. Because they, it seems like every year they're kind of increasing the tags just a little bit at a time, and I'm not mm-hmm. sure if they increase or not or not. Yeah. Yeah, I had the numbers from last year as far as like what the harvest was, and the harvest was actually down last year. Okay. So I'm interested to see maybe they did increase, but once again, I haven't looked. But I think the cow harvest was somewhere around 50%, which is really, really low historically. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, cows are usually the ones that usually fill those tags, don't they? Like those are the ones yeah, primarily I mean, filled. They- I mean, yeah, really, I think they usually run, and I'm just going to pull a number out, but I think it's like 90%. That's on bulls and cows. Oh, I think wow. the bull harvest was still up, but cow harvest really, really dropped. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I wonder uh, why. It, yeah, I wonder. I mean, if from talking to the outfitters, their theory is you have these lead cows. You know, it's not like a whitetail where it's a you know a mother and two young ones. Mm-hmm. You have these groups of like twenty some cows, and now they're getting shot at September, November, you know, and then that late January season. Them lead cows are they will move a whole group of cows out. So say you're shooting the subordinate cows, you know, in those other seasons, they know the game, and that's. That's what the outfitters are telling me is the minute those cows are getting pressure, they are moving those cow groups out and they may move them out of the zone. 
Okay. So they might not even be in the zone that they're hunting. That makes sense. That's why I'm because I read some comments earlier and like people were asking, are you going to expand the zones because of all this? Like, and probably because of that reason that the lead cows are getting leading the herds outside of the zone. So, I mean, yeah. that's 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 a possibility there. Yeah. And then I also know, I mean, they'll get in bigger groups after the rut, you know, mm-hmm. that January season. And I know guys have really struggled there because there may be 70 some cows in one zone and the next zone over, there's not. So there, there's actually zones where they're hunting in that late season where they're actually having trouble finding out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, mean, that, that September season, they're pretty well spread out. Mm-hmm. And then the November season, they still, but by January, they, they usually group up pretty good. The cows do at least. Yeah. 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 You think the, the, the drought effect, cause the drought affected this last year mm-hmm. that affected the whitetail. You think it affected yeah. the elk just as much moving them around and. Yeah, very well. I mean, we had a dry summer. I mean, um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard to say. Yeah, yeah. So, the cutoff for the application period is Sunday, July sixteenth, and then it looks like the drawing is going to take place July 29th. Yep. So, I mean, it, it goes the whole way from February first to July sixteenth yep. for that period. Yeah, so, so they're they're only shutting that off like two weeks before the expo. Then. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Which is a crazy long period to have the application period open for. But, I mean, maybe we get lucky and get one of us gets drawn, you know? Go start trying. <laughs> maybe Andrew I've been gets... fortunate. I had, I had one friend draw, like a close friend. I've known multiple people that have drawn, but one close friend. And I took him out, and we harvest, he had a cow tag. And yeah. um, we harvested a cow. So that was that was a fun experience. Oh, nice. Was that this year? No. Oh, geez. That's probably five years ago now. Okay. Yeah. So, um, are you, you obviously work up there. Are you familiar with these, these elk herds? Like, do you have, cause are there names for the elk herds, like certain elk herds that come around? No. no? Okay. Them, those elk, it's amazing how far they'll travel. It's unlike a whitetail and, and out West you see it, they'll move, but like they'll move all throughout our zones. Um, I know the I know people have seen certain bulls up all the way by like cross forks, mm-hmm. and in two days they're down in Benazat. Oh, I mean they crap. will just travel all night long, especially in that are moving. So yeah. them them elk are all the way throughout that zone. Oh wow, man! Because there was there was one really big one. Uh, I can't forget the name. I forget the name of him. He was by my camp all the time. He had like he was lopsided on one side. Um, I saw him once. Yeah, but he had he was massive. I think he he died this year too. You think, did he really? Yep. Oh, was, was it... Sides. What was that? He was lopsided. He came out both sides. He came out both sides. The year I saw him, he had the one side knocked off, but he was lopsided. Okay. Like his head was always tilted on one side. Yes, they killed that bull in late season. Did they? Yeah. Someone oh, got him. Man. Yeah, somebody got him. <laughs> I had seen that bull a couple times, so yeah. But he was another one. He was living up in that Kettle Creek Crossworks yep. area up there. Yep. Um, I'm not exactly sure where they got him at, though. I think he may have stayed up there. Yeah, he was. He was. The locals knew him pretty well up there. Like they were. Yeah. R.I.P. and what his name was and all that kind of stuff. Like they were like, how can the hunters do this? Why would they kill such a legend in the area? All that kind of stuff. I'm like. Yeah. I mean, he was probably up there in age. Like, he's been around yeah. for a while. 
Yeah, that's a unique. Yeah, well, and if you talk if you talk to the game commission, those are the ones they want gone because they want the ones that are habituated mm-hmm. two people gone. So yep. I don't think there's any tears that from their end that he got killed. No, no, because he was definitely like he was the only one I've seen multiple times up there. Um, but the anything else like I, I've seen a few around my cabin. I had one. You might have seen a video on Instagram of like the one that came in stole our turkey decoy. Um, I don't oh, know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's gone. I don't know where he's at. Um, but I wish I wish he would have had more of a rack so he could actually tell which one he was. Like if he was yeah. one to stay around. But I that just blows my mind that they would steal a decoy and I don't understand why he would take a turkey decoy for. Is that like, like a dog? Yeah, a, yeah, that was a great video. <laughs> I, I don't know. So, all right. So pretty much we're all kind of in favor of the 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 bump up of the the elk drawing for multiple reasons you know it's just going to bring an influx of money into the state which helps the the public land all that kind of stuff the road access to public land um maybe maybe more game wardens get hired too because i know there's they're always looking for more game wardens i mean there's a shortage of them like i know we've had poachers up in my area around my cabin before and the game commission is like, well, that's like kind of like a gray area. We can't really go there because it's like there's, we don't have enough people to go up there. Right. Like they they can only cover so much area. So yeah. I mean, hopefully they can maybe with this influx of money, maybe they can get more wardens and go in different areas. Yeah, they're, they're stretched pretty thin light right now, and mm-hmm. some of it's just retirement. I mean, you see that in all jobs right now. The the baby boomers are kind of mm-hmm. retiring, so you have this new group coming through. Yeah, the game commission has their application period right now, yep. looking for wardens to go yep. through their I, school. So, yep, and it's funny; it always comes around the Great American Outdoor Show, the application period. Yeah, they know they're not <laughs> stupid. They know. <laughs> yeah, they'll be pumping it. Oh yeah. So, how did your 2022 season go this year um, for? whitetails or even if you went out west or wherever you went man yeah i started uh i started the year out in wyoming um was out there from like october 12th to october 30th um and we hunted their rifle season their general rifle and uh we got beat up pretty bad that was a rough rough trip (laughs) Uh, we seen some elk um it was there was no weather at all so the elk were super high Um, We made some plays. I had one bull at like 700 yards and I tried to stalk in and he was gone by the time I got there. Um, We backpack hunted. So we were back in there quite a ways, but we ended up running into quite a few horses. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of trying to beat the horses up the mountains in the morning, which I can't walk as fast as a horse. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And was this for archery or rifle? Rifle. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and then I had a buddy who had a tag. Three of us went. Two of us had tags. Um, my other buddy just likes to tag along and hike and, and didn't have enough points to draw out in Wyoming. Um, my other friend, he missed one. He missed a bull. I think it actually got kicked by some outfitters that come up running. And then it was out at like 400 yards and he got a poke at it pretty quick. And uh, we missed that bull. And that was pretty much it. We, start, we saw some cows the rest of the trip, but we just – after the first few days, I think a lot of them bulls got shot by guys that were in there with horses. Um, the problem with that out there is you're in, you're so far back, it, it takes you days to make plays. You know, mm-hmm. by the time you're ripping down camp, trying to come out, explore a new area, um, you would think, oh, you have two weeks, but it went fast. Yeah. So 
that was a rough one. I mean, I come back, I, I twisted my knee at one point and it was just, it was the whole deal. It was, I was ready to come home. Oh, and that man. usually, that usually doesn't happen. Usually I've had pretty good success going out West, but this one this year was, it was a tough one. Oh man. How many points does it take to draw out there? Um, the general tag this year was like four. Okay. I think we had like six. Um, we knew we would draw it. Um, Wyoming does a split system where they do a special tag and a regular tag. It's the exact same tag for both. You're getting the same tag. The special just costs more. So usually traditionally it's less points to go, but Wyoming's about to redo their whole system and that special tag is about to double in price. So okay. there may be that may work itself out here shortly. It may hurt the regular general. It may go much higher than four. And I'm thinking the special is going to go down to maybe two because it's going to be almost like two grand for an elk tag. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. wow. Jesus. Yeah. How, how yeah, long have you been going out west for? Oh, geez. I probably did my first out west trip like 10 years ago. Okay. Um and I guess I call it out West. I went to Nebraska and hunted mule deer and I kind of, I always wanted to go out West and I kind of bugged some friends and nobody wanted to go. So finally I just bought a tag and I packed up and went by myself. <laughs> yeah. and, and after that, everybody started coming with, I guess. So, but yeah. Have you seen like an, uh, an increase in hunters hunting numbers out West, like from like coming from the East coast? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's limited by the amount of tags they're mm-hmm. giving out. Yeah. But what's happening is is you have a lot of these websites like Go Hunt, mm-hmm. and you have these YouTube pe- people that are, like, pushing mm-hmm. the Out West thing. Yep. And what it used to be is everybody concentrated on a state. You know, maybe you went to Colorado every couple of years, yep. and then maybe you went to Idaho or Montana. You kind of had your state. And then these websites, it seemed like, came out, and everybody's state hopping now. And basically everybody's moving around because they got shut out of one state and maybe they can only draw every four years. Well, Mm -hmm. then they'll parse that in with Idaho. So maybe they'll go to Idaho a year and then go back to Colorado. So it seems like people are moving around more mobile to the states they're going to. And then you also have reduction in tags. Idaho cut their non-resident tags. Uh, Montana has cut their non-resident tags. Mm -hmm. When everybody kind of moves to a state, then that state kind of complains and then the residents kind of shut it down for the non-residents or right. slow it down, I should say, to the non-residents. I mean, I think the next one, you can still buy over-the-counter tags in Colorado, mm-hmm. but I would say in the next five years, that's going to go away. That's what I was just going to bring up because I, I heard talk about that of how they're possibly going to get rid of over-the-counter tags in Colorado. And I know there's other states that do over-the-counter as well, but I think they're talking about also getting rid of it too because it's just like, it's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. Everybody's putting in for these draws, like say like Wyoming mm-hmm. and say you have four points or three points, you don't draw. Well, then everybody turns around and buys a over the counter tag in Colorado. Yep. And I've talked to a couple guys that have hunted that over the counter season out there in archery and in uh, second rifle. And they are seeing tons of guys, tons of guys in that season. Yeah, I mean, I, I've heard some stuff like all the trailheads are completely filled with trucks and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Like it's just it's getting harder and harder to go out there and actually be successful and just to enjoy it. Really? Yeah, everyone yeah. has a tour now too. Yep, turkey yep. tour, right tail, <laughs> white tail tour. Like 
I, I believe know. it's called a deer tour. A deer tour. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> well, there's mule deer. There's yep. blacktail. I don't know mm-hmm. if anyone does a tour for blacktail, but that's probably you'd hunt them. It's, everyone has a tour. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm going to go hunt here and here and here and here for this and try to fill it. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. The Grand Slams, the, all that kind of stuff. All that good stuff. I mean, it, it's yeah. cool. Like, it, oh, it's, yeah. it's definitely, it's something that would be awesome to do. But, but like, everyone wants to do it now. Everybody's mm-hmm. like, we have to do it. They did it. So now we have to. And then I think, then that has a, I mean, it, it's like, a, it's a double-edged sword. Because, like, it's good because we're getting people out hunting. Right, yep. people are going out. They're spending money. That money's going back to conservation, no matter what state you know you're going to hunt in. But then at the same time, there's, I mean, yeah, you have to limit your tags. But then like the residents of that state complain, as you know, Brian said earlier. And then they limit the tags, and then it's harder to get a tag if you're a non-resident mm-hmm. and you want to go do these things. You have to wait longer, and it, it's just one of those double-edged swords at this point oh, yeah. that you know didn't even exist 10 i'd even say just five years ago 10 years ago yeah yeah, yeah. Def- I would COVID really that. pushed it through the roof like the mm-hmm. outfitter thing like i've done a couple outfitted hunts um a lot of it i try to do on my own just because it's cheaper mm-hmm. um but the outfitted stuff the the amount that the prices have went up for that is it's unbelievable um you know a few years ago you could do you could do a wyoming antelope hunt for thousand bucks twelve hundred bucks right and now they're three thousand dollars i mean they've doubled in price for an antelope and that's not your tag that's not your travel so you're gonna have five grand into that by time you know just going out there to shoot an antelope so yeah i tell people that tell me they want to get into it it's like well you need to be looking two to three years out at a minimum Mm -hmm. right right now where a few years you know we could be talking now and next year you could go out or you could went out this fall. Mm-hmm. You know, you could, you could really make your mind up last minute and those days are gone. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's how kind of how everything's going in the world now. Like the whole run and gun type at mentality is kind of going by the wayside. You kind of have to plan things out a little more, especially with hunting. Like yeah. me personally, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with hunting whitetails. I'm fine with hunting the States I can drive to within like four hours. I can drive yeah. to for weekend hunts, all that kind of stuff. Like, I'm still at that point in my life where I'm okay with that. Like, I'm perfectly yeah. fine with that. But like, I do like I would like to go out west. I would like to go out there just to just if it's not even like to like our buddy James who has a cabin up in Elk County. Like he he's out in Washington State now. So I mean, mm-hmm. he's offered us to come out there to go bear hunting, uh, mountain lions, elk, like whatever. But like. Just to go out there and just like to be with him in that wilderness, yeah. like that to me is is better than you know spending all this money on tags, and then maybe once I know and I have a better chance of getting something out there, they'd be like, okay, now I'll put the time in and the money in to get something because I know I have a better chance of getting it because I've been going out there a few times. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This is the first year we hunted out of state. Like I've never hunted out of state until this pass on season mm-hmm. never never really remember. where'd you guys hunt illinois oh nice yep. yep nice yep went went to illinois went um d outfitters mm-hmm. um they wanted us to come out so we're like you know what why not it was yeah. like, i mean it's, yeah. i was like let's let's go out let's let's go check it out see what illinois is all about it was a good i mean it was a good experience my dad was the only one that got lucky and he harvested a doe you know, so he got, he got to bring home some meat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But it was, I mean, it was still fun. It was a good mm-hmm. experience to be like, we did it. 
Yeah. You know, we definitely want to do it again, but oh, it's, yeah. but we, you know, it's with the price of everything, it's 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 not an uh, an every year thing for sure. No. At least right. going out there. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have you got to have a good job or something to be able to go out and do any kind of hunt like out west. Yeah. Every, every year. Like if you can do it every year, like that's <laughs> props to you. Yeah. Or you sugar know? mama. Yep. Yep. I still, sugar mama. I still want one of those, but <laughs> yes. a sugar mama minus the sugar. Yeah. So just a mama? No, because I already have a <laughs> I have a mama and she doesn't give me money, so it doesn't it doesn't work that way. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's just stop before you go any further. A pepper mama. Okay. okay. I don't get the sugar. All right there, All right. buddy. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> Wife doesn't approve, so I try. Yeah. <laughs> so you said yeah, you... I mean that's I had mentioned about trying to do it do it yourself out mm-hmm. there and, and it, you're definitely gonna go through the woes of it, but at the end you can probably go about three or four times for as much as you're gonna pay for an outfitter. I can Not imagine. that I have anything against outfitters. I've went with outfitters before. Um I you know, certain places like I shot a moose up in Canada, you have to have an outfitter. Yeah. Know, so I had to I had to hire somebody up there. So you you've done some DIY and you went to, with some outfitters. So which one did you feel more like like I did this, you know, you feel more excited about after you harvested something? Was it the outfitter or was it DIY? Um boy, I don't know. I mean I wouldn't say just because it was outfitted I had any less gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like, I guess there is some gratification and you made the decisions, you know, where we found it on a map, we hiked in here. Um, you're packing out an elk by yourself on your back, like those type of things. That is, that is gratifying. Mm -hmm. But, um, I've done a drop camp as well. I've done that twice where I've just had guys haul me in on horses and then drop me off. Um, I kind of like that. That's a good, that's a good way to go. You get a little bit of both and then you don't have to pack everything out and um so i really like that it, it some of it depends too i mean antelope i don't i can't see ever paying for an outfitter for antelope mm-hmm. i mean they're very visible you're going to be able to chase them around as long as you have public land you're going to have a good hunt yeah um but like an elk i mean you know you shoot an elk five miles back buddy you got some work ahead <laughs> of you you better have a group of guys um deer are a little bit more manageable so mm-hmm. Um, it all depends. The moose that we shot, I mean, that was outfitted, um, but that was a phenomenal hunt. That was probably one of my favorite hunts ever. Let, but I've also this. had, I've also have outfitted hunts that, boy, I had a really bad taste mm-hmm. when I'm left too. So yeah. I did oh, a mountain sure. lion hunt in Wyoming um, back in 2018, and and that didn't really pan out real well, and really disappointed about that. Yeah, let's hear the moose story. I, I since it, I want to hear this story now because. I mean, Andrew's dad got a moose. We heard that story. So I want, I want to hear this story about this moose. Yeah, we, um, we went to Newfoundland. Um, me and my father-in-law went up there and we did a, we actually, if, there's two ways to do it. You can either go kind of on the road system or you can get flown in and anybody, it's a little bit more to get flown in, but I would suggest doing that. I think you're going to have a lot better hunts. What they say is you're not going to compete against the locals. Okay. So when you, we were in there, I mean, it was a true wilderness hunt. We were, we were in a cabin, but it's all propane and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, yeah, we, the first day we had like a real good stock. I, me and my father-in-law were together. Um, he got some shooting out of moose, missed it. And that's probably the funnier of the two stories because we were, we were trying to get back to camp in a hurry. 
And as we were going back, the outfitter was rushing because he was afraid we were going to have to run the run the lake at night on the boat, and he didn't want to do that. Yeah. So he's cow calling the whole time, but he's probably, I don't know, 80, 90 yards ahead of us. Well, he goes over the hill. We can't see him, and I start hearing this, oh, oh, and I'm thinking, I haven't heard that guy bull call all long, nor have I ever heard a bull moose call before. (laughs) I turned to my father-in-law and I said, hey, I said, did you hear that? And he goes, hear what? And he's kind of deaf in one ear, yes, that you was hearing, you know. And I come one just just ripping over the hill, full speed, running at us. And I'm like, holy, there's a a moose. So we hit the deck and uh, that bull ran right into 70 yards and, and he clipped it there. So we killed it. But the outfitter, the way the wind was blowing, didn't even hear us. So I had to run over the bank, and I'm like, he's like, why the hell aren't you guys behind me? I'm like, we just killed a moose, buddy. Get back here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he's like, you killed one? I'm like, yeah, we killed one. So Yeah, so he ran back up, and we got that taken care of. Um, I ended up spending the next two days, the day after that, I saw just an absolute tank at like 1,000 yards away. Um, big, you know, Newfoundland doesn't have huge moose. Mm-hmm. Um, a 50 inch moose is a, is a really good moose there. Um, and it was easily a 50 incher, but he betted and we didn't make a play and right at dark, he got up and moved away. We couldn't tell if he was betted there. So we decided not to, I mean, it was a couple thousand yards away. We right. didn't make a play on him that day. Went back the next morning, saw a cow in there and we thought, well, he's got to be there. He ain't going to leave her stalked in. And, uh, there was a little bull with her. Past that bull, and then so it been like the fourth day. We went out, and first thing in the morning, we saw a moose quite a ways away, but just started calling, and he just worked his way in and and dumped him. So um, it was like a three hundred yard shot. He was coming coming in. He probably kept coming, but I felt really good at that and uh, tipped him over. He didn't he didn't take a step. Oh, the thing that was nice up there was that guy actually had a helicopter. So all we did was we cleaned the moose and then just laid it, and then you would sat phone in the GPS coordinates, and they'd fly the helicopter right in and pick up the moose. So oh we didn't have to pack him anywhere. Nice. So, sweet. That is epic. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. had a moose life lined out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Death line. <laughs> Death line. Yeah. So you said a 50-inch. So I'm not – I don't know what they measure on the moose. Like – how, what what do they measure to get fifty inches? Like, is it the paddle? Just, yeah, just the widest part of the spread. Okay, all right. So, yeah, fifty inches of wide. I think in Alaska that's kind of the minimum. Like, you okay. have to have a fifty inch, or it has to be like a brow tine. Um, like that's the minimum in Canada, where or in Alaska. Um, but where we were at Newfoundland, you could shoot any moose. Okay. Um, the one I ended up shooting was like 39 inches, almost 40 inches. Okay. So it was a decent moose. I mean, I just wanted a good representation of a moose and, and it, it checked that box. So, oh yeah. Yeah. Would you ever go back? That was to a really again? fun hunt. I'm, I'm sure like that, that definitely sounds, I never really had moose on my bucket list and it, I mean, maybe later down the road it would be, but that, mm-hmm. I mean, that sounds like a fun hunt. Honestly. Yeah. I know I'd, I'd do it. That's for sure. That sounds fun. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see like up, you know, I've never done it, but like up in the Yukon, a lot of times they're floating rivers Mm -hmm. and you're just kind of waiting for them to be on the edge and come around the bend uh, or you're calling. But up there, it was pretty open. So we were getting up high and actually glassing them. And I really love hunting like that. I like hunting mule deer like that. Mm -hmm. It's so much different than what we get to do back here in PA. When you can see an animal thousands of yards away and then, 
you know, you're making these hour long plays to get over there. Mm-hmm. I, I really like any kind of hunting I can do like that. And that's how that moose hunt was. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, obviously here in PA, like you said, we don't have those long distance views of these whitetails or elk or whatever. I mean, maybe elk you could do up in Elk County, there's certain areas there we could have a longer view at them. Um, but what does your heart get racing just as fast as when you see a moose a thousand yards away compared to where it was? I mean, obviously it's not going to be as bad as, as, uh, as intense as when you have this, this moose 300 yards and you're shooting at it, you know, but like, does it get you just excited a thousand yards away? I mean, it gets you excited, but I think the fun in it is you're making a plan. You know, you're, you're like glassing them up. You're looking through a spotting scope. You're trying to see how big it is. Then I love the idea of like, okay, if we go down this creek drainage and pop up here, maybe I'll be 400 yards away or 300 Mm -hmm. in shooting distance. It's that, it's that you already have that connection to seeing it and then trying to make that big on play. Yeah. So much can go wrong in that amount of time where, PA hunting here, I mean, when you see a deer, it's you better you're going to be close to getting a shot very quickly. It happens <laughs> yeah. fast. Yeah, it's going to be within forty to thirty yards, real quick. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or it sneaks up yeah. on you. And it's eight yards, and, and then it you sees know, it you before there. you see it. Yeah. Like, ah, oh, shit. Yep. It's just yeah. it's how PA is, <laughs> man. That that's cool. I'm. So, what was your was that the most exciting hunt you've been on? Is that moose one, or is there one that ranks above that? I mean, I don't know. It's hard to rank them. I like them all for different reasons. Mm -hmm. Um, That was definitely one of my most fun. Um, I've hunted mule deer a couple times with the Colorado. I really enjoy that because you're looking over does every day here. It'd be like if you could see does here every day and you just know any day that a buck can show up in that doe group. So a lot of times you're just keeping tabs on these doe groups and you just never know what's going to show up. So I really do like hunting mule deer. Um, that's one of, one of the things I like, but yeah, as far as exciting, I mean, they're, they're all different. They're all special yeah. in their own way. Yeah. What's one you wish you could do still? Like, is there um, like go up to Yukon or uh, Saskatchewan or is there something like that? Like a place on your bucket list that you want to go? Yeah, I have a couple bucket list hunts. One of them I got planned. I'm going to go this summer. I'm going to um, we're going over to Africa to hunt. Ooh, okay. So yeah, I'm going there over the July. So that Africa was always on my bucket list. Um, I have Alaska. I've never I've been to Alaska, but I never hunted it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really want to do blacktail on Kodiak. That's okay. That's one of my bucket list items. And then um, that mountain lion hunt sticks in my crawl. I, I got to kill a mountain lion yeah. yet too. So. Those are, I, I have a bunch of goals, but those are probably the top three. Yeah. So how many mounts do you have in your house? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Boy, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think. I got ooh, six whitetail. Okay. And then the one I got this year is coming back. Uh, oh. And then I have a full body. I killed an albino here in PA, full body albino. Oh, so that takes up the geez. room. Um, I have an antelope mount. And then I do a lot of skulls too. Mm-hmm. I mean, like yeah. I've I've killed elk, and those get sculled out. It would have to be a real giant for me to to get a elk mounted. If I ever get one of them PA ones, that'll oh. probably get mounted. Oh, oh yes. for sure. Yeah, they're yeah. just built different here. So yeah. the the moose was that a was that a shoulder or was that just a the the um the rack or um yeah just yeah. the rack. I okay. just did the rack. Yeah. Okay, so, man, that that's yeah. 
Wow. I'm going to do an episode of Cribs. Yeah. Just have, all your- <laughs> <Episode> of Cribs. <laughs> <laughs> have everything. I'll be like, this is what I got. Yeah. yeah. So no, no out-of-state bear hunts, nothing like that that you want to do? Um, I've been to Maine twice, okay. but I trapped bear up there. They still are allow you to trap them. So I trapped two bears in Maine. Yeah. Um, I would like to do a, a bear hunt. I've never done one with dogs. I'd like to do one with dogs. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some of them and you know, it's, it's very interesting, especially also they do uh mountain lion ones too with dogs, which yep. I mean, I think that's the primary, primarily the way they do it right for mountain lions. Yeah, that's what I did in 2018. I went to Wyoming. We had dogs, but um, it was the snow conditions were rough. There's a lot of things that went wrong on that hunt, but uh, we never really did have one. We never had a good chase all week. Okay, all right. Yeah, did you speak of mountain lions? See the one Derek Wolf got down? No. Oh my oh gosh, my. this thing is massive. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Oh, the NFL player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the NFL player. Oh, okay, I've been seeing that go around, but I didn't read the whole story. Thing is massive. It's like the size of him. Yeah, and that dude, yeah. that's a big dude. <laughs> that's a big <laughs> He's dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, that's – Mountain Lion would be, be something pretty cool to uh, to get for sure, especially if you get one here in PA. Yeah, yeah Mountain Lion's in Pennsylvania. <laughs> They're totally here. We just haven't caught yeah. any on trail camera. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So what about your season here in PA? How did that yeah, go for you? Yeah, so we were talking. I got back from I got back from uh, Wyoming October. I only got to hunt here like one week, and then I went to Indiana, hunted out there for whitetail. But um, I had one good encounter with the bow here. Um, went in, checked the camera. There was a really nice buck. I don't know where. It was the first time I had seen him showed up. Uh, I sat it the next day, and I had him at 85 yards, and then I thought he was coming, and he didn't come. So that was really – the extent of my bow season. I spent the rest. Well, you guys know we had that cold snap in uh-huh. early or late October, uh-huh. and I was out in Wyoming for that. So my tr- cameras lit up during that. <laughs> yep, of course. And I was back yep. when it was super hot here. Yeah. So I had that one good encounter, and then it got that last week they killed a lot of deer when it got cold again. Mm-hmm. But I was out in Indiana for rifle out there. So, um, but yeah, so everything really came kind of came down to rifle. I knew I wasn't going to get to hunt much. Um, as far as archery, mm-hmm. I had that one good encounter. I would have shot that buck. And yeah, the last two years I've been looking for this, this one deer, um, have two sheds of them. Um, and the problem with him was uh, he was never, he would always disappear during the rut. He wouldn't stay in this area, but he would come back early, like the middle of November and he would spend rifle season and then he would spend winter in there. So we went in and I shot him the, um, what was it? The first Friday of rifle season. So okay. it ended up being 155 inch deer, 55 and a half. Um, he, he was really, it was exciting. It That's was super a exciting. big deer for PA. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Massive. Yeah. So, yeah. That's the biggest one I've ever gotten PA. I've killed some really nice ones. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just a deer that he was kind of, he did the same thing last year. Um, I guess to go into the whole story, yeah. I found the one shed I found the one shed two years ago on a turkey hunt, and I actually took – it was a new area for me. I went in there, took a kid in to hunt, and we found this shed, and he was eating ferns where he would winter. I went in. I put cameras in there that year, and I got pictures of him in the summertime in okay. velvet. And then – so it was like August, and then he did the same thing. Once he shed velvet, he dis- – he, I actually had a picture of him out of velvet, but then rut time, he disappeared. No other pictures of him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I got a picture of them November 18th showing back up into this area. It was kind of more of a sanctuary type area. So using that intel, I went in um, last spring, Mm -hmm. found another shed of him um, with my dog. And he did the same exact thing this year. I had summer pictures of him, and then that October time frame came, and he disappeared. And I canvassed that area with more and more cameras trying to find him. So where he was breeding does and where he went for the rut, I don't know. Um, Just off the intel from the year before, I knew he would move back in there and rifle or assumed he would. Right. And uh, I hunted it pretty hard. And um, when I had the right weather conditions, passed a small aid in there two days before. And then, yeah, killed him that first Friday. And the funny thing is I pulled that camera after the season and I had a picture of him November 17th. So one day difference, he come back again. Wow. So do, what was no, was there any weather correlation? Like any weather, like the same kind of weather or that he, no, I think he what happened, I think what he was doing is I think, I believe he was probably breeding in one area. Mm-hmm. He had doe groups. And when the rut was over or right at the tail end of that rut, he would move back into that area. Um, and it was, a, I guess, if you want to picture it, it was a clear cut. And then it it went super steep off the backside. So he okay. would lay, I believe he would lay off that corner and then, or he would move back up into that clear cut. And I ended up shooting him. I actually had a buddy walk through it and bump him out of it. And I shot him coming out of that clear cut. The old bump and dump. <laughs> yeah and if you yeah. if you saw how big this clear cut is there was a hell of a lot of luck that i saw him <laughs> yeah. come out of where he did i'm sure but, um, just i i figured he would try to get downhill i figured he was going to try to because st- he always liked to stay on that point and um i put my buddy through there and he actually come running i didn't know it was him at the time but i just knew it was a damn big deer mm-hmm. and he come full tilt and it was clear cut on both sides and it was only probably a 40 yard shot but he was full run and i shot him hit him high spine and he died right on the road never got off that road so damn um, wow perfect and i took about two steps and i was like that's him yeah that's him holy shit damn it i need history with a deer everyone we talk to always (laughs) has history with a specific deer for like a couple years and i i need it i need need that. that i need that now so i can be like i know that deer i've known that deer for the last four years i'm gonna get him like one of those <laughs> like i have to now everyone <laughs> like so many people we talk to always have history with a deer yep. mm-hmm. and i feel like that's just those those stories are just awesome yep. to me mm-hmm. like i'm gonna get this deer. i've had i've found sheds i have them on camera I, you know i'm trying to you're going crazy trying to figure this one you know this yeah. one deer out you, you got how many deer in pennsylvania to pick from mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and this one deer is just driving you up the wall and then you finally harvest him i mean i feel like that that's like peak satisfaction right there when it comes to white tail that, hunting this is probably this is the um, probably the fourth one um the fourth one that i had history with so it is always extra gratifying when that happens when you actually have but this is the longest history most of them i pick them up the year before and kill them the year after this is the one that it went two years but the funny thing about that is the first year there was no nobody else in there i don't think anybody knew that deer this past summer there was cameras everywhere so somebody either else picked up a shed or saw him because it was loaded with cameras this past year there was guys all over so somebody else picked that deer up at some point Oh yeah. So how many cameras were you running in there yourself? Uh, oh, oh, 
in that general area, seven or eight. Okay. I, right. I kept moving. I kept, I mean, I had the one bench that I kept getting that consistent pitcher with them. Mm-hmm. Then I had some just on the tram roads in that clear cut, just seeing if you'd walk through. Right. But then any other area where I knew was holding does or where there were scrapes around, I had cameras. Okay. And actually the one other camera the year before I kind of got sidetracked because there were some, not as nice as him, but there were some really nice deer showing mm-hmm. up in the rut. And I ended up hunting that area quite a bit. Um, didn't kill a deer in there with the bow, but there were some really good deer on that one. But where he was spending October, early November, I, I couldn't figure it out. Yeah. I mean, they, they travel a, a distance when I, I mean, you know that, but like, I think we all know that, that the, <laughs> they'll go crazy when they're horny. Yeah. Like they'll, they'll go wherever they, wherever they want to. And like the, it's, they'll travel miles. Like there was a study out. I think I had that study right there. That uh, I have, yeah. It's like, how many miles is that? Can you read that from there, Ethan? Uh, I can't. It's okay. way too small. It's like, I want to say it's a hundred some miles or something. I did a study on this buck and I like traveled like a hundred some miles or. It was ridiculous. <laughs> like, I need is that the one from Georgia that was all I, over the place? I think it is. I'm going to go look. For, I'm going to go look real quick because I need, yeah, I need answers. Your headphones. Yeah, I know most of the studies I've read, like the Penn State did the one up in the Susquehannock, mm-hmm. and then there was one that Georgia did, um, local kid here did, um, right near our house. Um, it's They have a home range of about one to five miles. Now, yep. what section of that they used during different times of the year changes, but that rut, they'll use the whole five miles. Yeah. But I, I feel like those old deer like that, like that one – I feel like they have a traditional area that they know there's yeah. does there, and when it comes that time, that's where they go. Yeah. So oh. you could have pictures of him all of oct- the beginning of October, and the first week in November, it may not do you any good. Yeah, because I mean they they know when a doe comes in, and they'll once they get on that one doe, they'll go back and check that spot again, and like because they don't know if that doe was killed the year before or not, like they'll go back to that area to check, and then right. you know to find another doe possibly in that area like it's just yeah they just go all over the place so it's the trail it was 186 miles um and it's just north of kansas city missouri mm, okay. and they believe the buck is three and a half years old and he's a nice it's like 10. i think it was an you know it was an eight or ten eight point. or ten yeah, yeah real nice i'd be interested to see if he's still alive or not yeah, I didn't see a year. I think that was last. I think was it was like last year? last year, two years ago. Yeah, but yeah, 186 miles. That's why I see because like every year up at the cabin, we have buck come through certain times of the year. Mm-hmm. I I don't know where they come from. Mm-hmm. Like they, I've never seen them ever, and they show up for you know a two week period, and then they disappear again until. Yeah next year and sometimes it's not even the same one i think it's like a different group of buck like every year mm-hmm. they're always different oh yeah 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 so when you had these cameras placed over scrapes trails all that kind of stuff how did you set up like your friend bumped him but like mm-hmm. were you were you set up where you thought maybe he'd just walk right through also i went in i went in there if you remember we had snow in that bear season yep. this year yep so I went in there and I checked those cameras to see if he was back. I checked one, uh, one of them, not the one in the cut where I ended up getting a picture of him. But there was a specific point where he I, – I cut a nice buck track. I can't say for sure if it was him. And I took it right to the beds. And then I pretty much assumed that, like, if he bumped, he was going to come straight off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
pretty much an escape route. So I sent my buddy in there first. He walked out around there and we kicked out two doe come out of that. And I said, man, he's got to be in that cut. But I, you know, I, I really truly believed he was in that cut, but it was just a matter of, is he going to come to me? Right. And uh, he got in there and he just started working through. So that was kind of like our backup plan was mm-hmm. that he'd be in that cut. I mean, it's not that I didn't think he was going to be in there. It's just which way is he going to squirt out of there? Right. And man, I mean, that, that was really the luck part of it was the fact that he jumped that buck and it, it came straight out to me. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think so that's, was, that's the biggest part of hunting is like, you know, you can do all the scouting, you can put all the cameras you want up, but like, there's always that, there's always that percentage where he's going to go right instead of left the way like, it's, it's, it's crazy. Like you can, you put so much work in and you get like, you think about it so much and then he could make that, that morning he's like, yeah, I'll just go to the white oaks instead of the, the ferns or the, <laughs> right. go to the red oaks instead of the white oaks. You know, it's just mm-hmm. how it is. And it's, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. We yeah, try and, and get them down so quickly. And this year too, it was so, we had all that warm weather, no mm-hmm. snow, mm-hmm. if you remember. And I mean, that changes my style completely. I mean, yeah. because the year before I stalked and killed my buck. You know, and with, you know, so because we had nice powder and yeah. you could track deer. So if we had, a, if we had had a nice powder, I probably wouldn't have took that aggressive move to try to bump him. Right. I'd probably just try to squirrel him around the edge. Yeah. But I mean, this year it was just, it was, we didn't have snow the whole season, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it was, you got to, you got to get creative and, and we tried the bump. So, and those little two man wind bumps like that. I, that's if we're going to bump, that's how I like to do it. I don't mm-hmm. like to do big groups or anything like that. Yeah. I like to kind of know where I think they're going to escape and then uh, take somebody else in there and have them actually just have him kind of still hunt through there. And if he gets a shot, he gets a shot. Oh yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. that's worked before too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, this season, especially rifle season, it just seemed like it rained all the time yeah. when I wanted to go out, it was always raining and I've seen less hunters out than I think I've ever seen before. And I think, I I don't know if the numbers will go up for next year because I mean, with, with the deer population, what I'm talking about, like the deer population will go up because there wasn't nearly as many people out during rifle season, Mm -hmm. putting a lot of pressure on these deer to move them around. Like, I don't, I I don't know. I'm curious to see what the numbers are Mm -hmm. harvest wise for Mm next, for this past season. We'll see if it's, you know, about the same or if it dropped or something. Because, like, yeah, it's been how many years since I've hunted rifle season when there was snow? Well, just two. Two. Two, yeah. two, two. years? Yep. Yeah, but it, like, it wasn't even fresh. Like, it was, like, a couple of days old, I think. Or was it fresh? No, it, like, snowed that the day before on Friday. Was it Friday, yeah. Friday into, into Saturday night, I think it was. It was we snow. had a We had that. Yeah, two, not uh, yeah, two years ago, last year, last mm-hmm. hunting season, it was there was snow the first day, there was snow the whole first week. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I never get because of my job, I never get to hunt the first day. I'm mm-hmm. always usually working the first weekend. Yeah. And then so I got out that first Wednesday, and we had a fresh snow the night before, and uh, I ended up stalking and killing a really nice buck that oh, year. Oh man, so, that yeah, that was cool. That was one of my favorite PA hunts for sure. You don't have to say it on air right now, but do you, how much scouting do you do when you're working? <laughs> <laughs> you can say I plead the fifth. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, <laughs> I'm multitasking. Yeah, I'm right. working and scouting. Right. Yeah. I'd be doing the same exact thing. Yep. <laughs> same exact thing. I'll ask yeah. you the other question off air. There you go. <laughs> You're fun. I don't. I I don't hunt. And I don't have. No, no, no. I'm, I, no, no. Yeah. I was just. Yeah. I was wondering about trail cameras. If you hang trail cameras up while you're working. No, oh. no, I don't do that either. Okay. I, I'm, I'm respectful of the job. So. Okay, and good. the same thing. Everybody thinks I I ride the roads that I have keys to. Oh and yeah. I'm hoping it just like everybody else. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was just like. I mean, if he's out there and he has, oh, look, I have a camera in my bag. I might as well put it up. <laughs> yeah, kill two birds with one stone, you know. I could really cover some ground if I could do that. Oh, oh, yeah, you could. Yeah, you could. Um, so you got that that beautiful buck down. What? How else? Did you have anything else going on in the season that made the season even better? That was kind of the cap to it. Okay. I ended up, I think I had COVID actually right after that. So that second week I didn't get out much at all. And I didn't get out much in the late season. So yeah. that pretty cap, that capped, uh, that capped the season. I, I was trying to shoot a doe actually, because usually, I, usually about three deer we ate here. Okay. I got the one in Indiana and I got that one. That's the only two deer I killed this year. Okay. All right. What What's Indiana like? Cause I heard it's, it's well, one, when we drove through, it's very flat. I know that for a fact. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but what what's that like out there hunting compared to PA here? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what you guys had in Illinois, a bunch of ag. It's a yeah. lot different than the mountains we hunt up here in PA. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, you know, it's pretty easy. You're sitting corn and stuff like that um, compared to what we're doing here. Um, we, hunted, we hunted with an outfitter out there. Okay. Um, I took my dad out this year. Um, and he got a, he got a buck. It's, uh, he got a buck. It was, he, he got a little PA happy and shot, <laughs> shot one of the first one. Yep. So he's not used to looking passing deer, you know, but, um, uh, and then I shot one the last, the second to last day. Okay. It was a nice day. It was a mature deer. It was never going to grow any. Deer. It was nice and heavy, but, um, it was an older deer, but it just wasn't a great score. But right. I was happy with it. I I'd seen him a couple times during the week, so it was good to, to get him down. But yeah. they have some beautiful deer out there. Um the guy that we go with has killed some multiple I mean basically he's he told me the only goal he hasn't reached is two hundred inches. And but he has everything else. He's got drop tines, he's got multiple bucks over one fifty. I think he has nine bucks bucks in the Indiana record books out there. Oh wow. So wow. They're out there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're definitely out there. I mean, we saw, I saw some really nice buck out in Illinois, some ones that made me shake from over 100 yards away kind of buck. And I was like, holy crap. Yeah. But yeah. what yeah, were you guys hunting with out in Illinois? What weapon? Bow. It was a late, oh, okay. late season bow. It was, uh, we were out there from December 15th to December 20th. Okay. Yeah. It was cold. Yeah. Yeah. yes very cold cold and yeah. windy and oh boy yeah yeah in the end their rifle season comes in the first saturday after veterans day okay so this year veterans day was the 12th mm-hmm. so it was super early mm-hmm. and we went out with the rifles and they're still running so um it was they killed some nice bucks out there this year yeah. just because the season came in so early yeah but, but are you guys familiar with the dustin huff buck Yes. Yeah, I, I've I've heard of it, and yeah, yeah. What's yeah? That? That's it. It's the largest one killed in the United States. Mm-hmm. Second only, typical to Milo Hansen's buck. Mm-hmm. That buck was killed in the county over from where we were hunting out there in Indiana. 
Well, what's the other buck that that uh, the the Rampala or? Uh... Oh, <laughs> Mitch Rampala buck. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's. Yeah. yeah. You asked me about how I felt about the elk tags. How do you feel about the Mitch Rampala buck? Is that <laughs> is it true? False? Legend? I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't really looked into it all that much. All I see is like these pictures of people posting it and on a podcast talking about it. But like to me, it looks fake as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, like, right. It's like that thing looks extremely fake, but then like yeah. I've seen up. some pictures of like it, it, like a buck standing in the field with like the same rack, and it's like okay, what's like what's going on here? Like someone is that <laughs> someone really good at Photoshop? Like yeah. what is this? Like whoa! I have it? to. Look. I had no idea. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I had to look it up. Holy shit! <laughs> Yeah. It's definitely a whole. It's definitely a holy shit buck, but I I can't see it being real. I I just yeah. can't. Wow. What do you What do you think? Do you think it's real or fake? I've you know I've read pretty much everything there was to read about. It. Deer and deer hunting did a thing on it. Mm-hmm. I know uh, Ranella just talked about it on Rogan's podcast, and yep. he did like all the conspiracies behind it. I mean, I'm going to say it's bullshit because if you have the world record <laughs> yeah. buck, there there was people I believe offering him like ten thousand yeah. dollars to have it. He x-rayed. turned down three offers of ten thousand dollars to measure yes. it. Yeah. Right. 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 Wow. Yeah. I mean, if you gave me ten thousand dollars to sleep with one of my deer, I'd let you sleep in bed with. Me. <laughs> hey. Yeah. I I know you where you're going. At first, you said sleep in bed and i was like whoa what's going on here <laughs> yeah you can do whatever you want with it for ten thousand dollars i'll take any one of my mounts off the wall for 10 grand well the thing that's interesting about that buck and mitch is the fact that he has other bucks just that look exactly like that pretty much doesn't he yeah. didn't he have like he had like one or two more buck that were like looked exactly like that pretty much and yeah. those also he doesn't let anyone measure them Right. Well, I think he let people measure him. That buck was measured, but he won't let anybody X-ray him. Yes, and that's I think right. the, I think the leading theory on it was that he was getting these deer wherever he was getting from, and he was building the antlers yeah. out bigger than what they were. Yeah. So I think that was that he was actually constructing like a taxidermist would extra antler onto the frame of another deer. That just blows my mind because now it's like. You know, with technology now, it's easy to build that kind of stuff. It's easy to build the antlers out. Like it's, it would be easy to do that because they yeah. make they make um, replicas all the time. But like back right. when he got that, they weren't doing that. I don't think like they they weren't that great at it. If they were, like right. it's it, he he could take credit. Be like, yeah, it's fake, and I just built the first rack that looks real. And it's like, right, like just own up to it. Honestly, like this comes to a point where it's like just just own up to it. Yeah, that's it's, that. a, it's almost like uh, it, it almost like it's got too much attention. Yeah. And then he, you know, then it's like then everybody wants to know. But if you if you're claiming to kill the world record, people are going to ask questions. It's Absolutely. amazing how many people care about deer hunting and and want to look at things like that. But yeah, I'd want to see it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I've seen replicas of the handsome buck. And I mean, it's it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Replicas just look just as good as the real thing. They really do. Yeah. They really yeah. do. Did you? This is something I found interesting. Do you know they figured the handsome buck was only three and a half years old? Three and a half. Really? 
Yeah, that's what I heard. I think uh, Exodus put out a video, and that's what they said was that it was three and a half years old. And they figured it might have not been the world record had it got older because it would have started throwing trash and got yeah. deductions. Yep. And that's why it netted so well because it was so young. Holy crap. That I mean, that makes sense. I mean, if, you know, you sometimes the per, most – you got to think of it as like uh, when do you have like the most, you know, I, ideal muscle build kind of, you know, like when you're at age of 20 to 25 is like the ideal time. And if you yeah. consider that like maybe in a buck age, like three and a half is like the prime time when he has like all the right, like, um, I don't know. He has all the right He's stuff in his, prime. his body. Yeah. Like the right yeah. amount of testosterone, the right muscle build, the right stamina, yeah. all that kind of stuff going through his body to be able to have that yeah. perfect rack. Yeah. That's that buck I killed this year. That first shed I found, he mm-hmm. actually had two extra points and then he lost them as he got older. Yeah, he he like grew into the. He had an extra one on his beam, and he had a flyer off his G two, and the year after he cleaned up and just turned it into a perfect ten. Oh wow, that is yeah. that's cool. That's cool. What is your what's your biggest advice to a listener, um, hunting hunting wise? I think enjoy the process. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the thing. Just enjoy your time out in nature. If you spend just time out there, you're going to pick stuff up. You're going to learn stuff. If you just focus on the end goal of killing a deer, if you sit in a stand and all you care about is killing that deer, you're going to burn yourself out and you will not become as mm-hmm. good of a hunter. Enjoy yeah. every part of it. Um, when I'm out there, I'm enjoying everything. I'm enjoying the fall. I'm enjoying bird. I'm, I like birding. I like, you know, looking at everything that's going on. I enjoy the figuring it out, the figuring a specific deer out. And it keeps me out there longer. And you learn more mm-hmm. and more and more. Where if you're just focused on the kill, I don't think people like that ever become truly successful. Yeah, I agree with that. I completely agree with that wholeheartedly. Yeah, just enjoy the enjoy the process. Enjoy the freaking process. Enjoy the freaking process. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Brian, where can people follow along with you on your journey and see more of your harvest throughout the year? Yeah, I guess I I, I post pretty regularly on uh, Instagram. It's uh, into the wild. It's into and then the number two, the wild. Um, And I keep that up to date. Like when I'm traveling and stuff like that, I usually update the stories quite a bit. Um, And yeah, I just post about hunting and then. Also, my hatred for pop country. That's like my two. Kane Brown. Pop country. Kane Brown. Uh, Kane Brown. Don't 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 start. I'll shut oh. this podcast down right now. Yeah. <laughs> Here we got another hour to go. How, how Are you guys into pop country? I mean, my wife is. <laughs> Does yeah. that mean you listen and then you try to blame it on your wife, or you actually listen to it? I don't hate it. I'll put it that way. I don't. I don't hate. It. I don't hate it that much. <laughs> God, I, it 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 rips my soul out. I, my God, I mean, I grew up in the '90s. I didn't realize I had the golden era, but boy, as it went downhill from there. So I mean, it has yeah, it has really changed a lot. Like it's not country that I, I remember. Like I used to, my mom used to listen to Shania Twain all the time. Like, yeah. and that's what I kind of grew like that kind of stuff. Like Garth Brooks, like that kind of stuff. Shania Twain was the beginning of the end. Her and Rascal Flatts. That, that was like the spawn. They were like, so. <laughs> I, listen. It's God almighty. That, so anyways, yeah. I, back, to, back to my Instagram. I try to keep it to just hunting, but every once in a while, you know, I, I got to 
poke fun at pop country because it's so yeah. awful. Yeah, understandable. Well, <laughs> Brian, we really appreciate you coming on here and talking to us and talking about elk and talking about all your success over this past year. And hopefully you keep having the success and hopefully we'll talk to you again, especially after Africa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Get a hold of me in the fall. I, uh, yep. That should be fun. I'm going over over the 4th of July. So I got uh, Kudu, Gemsbuck, and Zebra on my list. So Cool. That, yeah. That'll so, be good. Yeah, I'm excited. So good luck to you guys coming in the fall. And uh, are you guys going to be at the sports show at all? Yep, we'll Here be there. You. Yep, we'll be yeah. there. Um, I think we're planning on the Sunday for right now. Then that's oh, nice. really all I have planned for right now because my wife is actually pregnant. So we're really oh, close nice. to her due date. So I'm oh. lucky I get to go at least once. <laughs> yeah, pushing it there. You're definitely yeah. pushing kid? it. Yep, first kid. First nice. one. Nice, boy or girl? It's going to be a girl. Yep. Nice, nice. I have two girls. I have four and one. So cool. Your yeah. life's about to change. Yep. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward it's, to be here. It's uh it's great, man. Yeah. You'll, you'll it is it's the best thing that ever happened to me. So. Yeah. That's that's what everybody keeps telling me, and I I, I feel like it is gonna be the best thing that ever happened to me. Yeah. Other than marrying my wife, which led to this. You know. <laughs> yeah. 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 Safe, Cody. Oh, that's you. That was a yeah, safe answer. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Well, I uh, maybe I'll see you guys down there, and if yeah. not, uh, I'll be at the Elk Expo too. So, all right. Be around. So, all right. You bet. Sounds good, man. All right. I had fun. Good luck this season, guys. All right. Thanks, Thanks, man. You too. See you. Well.